All right, we're live and we're rolling, and this is The Real Venture. I'm your host, Peyton, joined by my cousin and business partner, Luke. And Luke and I are entering into the business world by starting a few companies of our own. So we decided to create this very podcast as a platform so we can ask other successful entrepreneurs the questions we need answered in order to help our businesses grow. Every single week, we are joined by CEOs, venture capitalists, artists, co-founders, and influencers, all with one thing in common, they're young entrepreneurs. The only thing I'm gonna need you to do is hit that subscribe button so you never miss a conversation. Every single Wednesday, Luke and I will be right here and we can't wait for you to join us. What's up everyone, it's producer Cameron again. This week, Peyton got the chance to sit down with Jason Fox. He is the founder and CEO of Earbuds Music, as well as a former NFL offensive lineman. Earbuds is the social music platform that enables users to simultaneously listen to the same streams as their friends, favorite musicians, and other celebrities in real time, wherever they are, whatever they're doing. Because of Earbuds' seamless cross-platform functionality, fans can easily share their favorite curators and the music they love with friends, regardless of the platform they're using. This includes Spotify, iTunes Music, Pandora, or Amazon Music. To learn more and download the app, visit earbudsmusic.com or follow them on any social media platform at Earbuds Music. Because the only thing better than listening to music is listening to music together with earbuds. Okay, sweet. Um, Jason, you know, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, really, really excited for uh, for today. You know, first off, downloaded earbuds uh, a little bit earlier. I've been messing around with it, followed a, followed a couple people. So I'm really excited to learn a little bit more um, about what you're working on. Obviously, I'm excited to talk a little bit about football um, and, you know, kind of how that is tied into your entrepreneurial journey. But, you know, starting off, just how are you doing today? Good, Peyton. Uh, thanks for having me. I'm excited to speak with you. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I kind of like to start origins, beginning. Um, obviously, a lot has led up to where you are now. So why don't you just start by telling us a little bit about yourself um, and, and who you are? Yeah, sure thing. Uh, born and raised in Fort Worth, Texas, you know, kind of had two passions in life, sports and, and music and, uh, you know, kind of, you know, uh, focused on sport for the first part of my life and career. Um, you know, I was blessed enough to get a full ride to the University of Miami. It was a four-year starter for them. Uh, got uh, for the for the Hurricanes. Got got drafted in the fourth round by the Detroit Lions. Played uh, four years for them as a free agent. I went back to back to Miami and played a couple more years with the Dolphins. And finished my career there. Then. Went back, went back to school, got my MBA and, you know, decided to launch, you know, what I'm doing now with, with the earbuds. Okay. Very nice. So let's, uh, let's dive into that football journey a little bit, because obviously that's something that, that I can relate to a little bit. Um, did you want to be an NFL player your entire life? Yeah, my entire life. Uh, when I was six years old, one of my earliest memories is my parents reminded me about it all the time. When I was six years old, I told my dad I, I wanted to play in the NFL and that's what I was going to do when I was older. And that was, I didn't know if, if that was maybe feasible or realistic at the time, but that was what I wanted to do. And, uh, you know, in, in high school, started getting recruited and had the opportunity to go to the University of Miami. And the reason I chose there was they were winning national championships and they were putting more people in the pros than anybody else at the time. And so I said, man, this is, 
this is a, an opportunity too too good to pass up and you know decided decided to go there and you know after i actually um you know another kind of just kind of a bonus was both of their tackles were seniors and graduating and so there, i knew that i knew that there was an opportunity to play early if i if i earned it and ended up playing as a true freshman and uh you know a- after that year you know the the reality of of being able to play in the nfl one day you know i knew i knew I, it, it could it was po- it was a possible um uh, you know it was a possible reality and so that's when um you know i did everything in my power to make that make that dream come true yeah i, de- I definitely um I think that that moment kind of comes, you know, like your, your first camp, um, you know, you're, you're a big shot in high school. Uh, you know, you were probably the big, you know, we both played offensive line. So we were probably the biggest people on the field, uh, most of the time and you get out there and everybody's bigger, they're stronger, they're faster than you. And you're kind of like, Whoa, you know, this is crazy. So at what point did you kind of realize, you know, you kind of alluded to it a little bit earlier, but when were you like, okay, wait, you know, I can do this. Um, you know, I'm, I'm able, and then, you know, kind of that NFL dream starts taking shape because I kind of had the opposite. I learned that, Hey, NFL is not in my future. Um, and you know, I think everybody kind of has to come to that reality at some point. So, you know, kind of what was that like for you? It's actually, I'll, I'll tell you the story. So I was one of four offensive linemen in my, uh, my, in my class, uh, as incoming freshmen. And I think I was the lowest ranked out of all of them on, on like the rivals and the scouts and all the recruiting services. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I, you know, I came in with high expectations, but knowing, knowing that I would, it would have to be earned, but you know, day one of training camp as a freshman, I'm on the fourth string, which I didn't even know was a real thing. I think I got <laughs> like three reps my, my first day. And I think I whiffed all three times. I, I don't think I blocked anybody in my first my first practice or probably my first multiple practices. Mm-hmm. Um, and the speed of the game, like you said, was so much faster. The, you know, the defensive ends that, you know, were on the second and third teams I was going against weren't even our starters and they were far better than anything I've ever experienced. And, yep. you know, uh, you know, tried to spend a lot of extra time with the coaching staff, with my offensive line coach. Thank God he, he cared. And even though, you know, I don't, I think a lot of coaches wouldn't spend that much time with the third or fourth string guy. Um, but, you know, slowly started to get better, started actually blocking people, uh, you know, uh, and, and by the end of training camp, you know, I went from fourth string and I think the last two or three days of training camp, I was on the first, you know, first string. And so still had a lot to learn, had a lot to, you know, improve on technique was not very good. Just you know, still, but still had made good strides. And I just kind of took that same approach, like keep making strides. And, you know, I ended up starting the first game, uh, which, which was a whole other <laughs> experience of it itself. Monday night uh-huh. football against Florida state when we're both ranked top 10 and I'm an 18 year old kid. Just, I think I threw up like four times before the game. I was so nervous. Absolutely. Uh, but uh, yeah, it, it was call it, you know, you know, that, uh, it's kind of a microcosm of kind of how I approach approach the game. Just get a little bit better every day. Um, continue to work on my craft. Continue to work on uh, you know technique. Continue to get bigger. Continue to get stronger. Um, and and uh, you know four years later, 
even though I had a lot more tread on the tires, I, uh, you know, I feel like I had become a much better player and, you know, I had an opportunity to play at the next level. Yeah. And, you know, I think football is, is a great microcosm for, for life. And then I think it translates very well to business. Uh, I think that there are a lot of parallels. What are some of the, the lessons and the takeaways that you had from your, your football career, whether it be college or pro, um, and how has that kind of translated into, you know, the way you view life and then also the way that you go about business? So much so. That's, that's such a great, que- great question, Peyton. I, I, I talk on that all the time because you see a lot of athletes, and I'm not even talking about, like, I, I, I'm probably the worst example of this, but so many athletes go on to do amazing things in many different respective fields after they're playing because they've, what, takes, what, what it takes to be successful as an athlete, whether that's on the football field or basketball court or track and, or wherever it may be, it requires a ton of hard work and discipline which is kind of where everybody goes to first, but there's also a lot of other things you learn. You learn how to work with, you know, a diverse group of people. You learn how to work with a bunch of different people from different backgrounds towards a common goal, which is, that's what business is. That's what life is. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, there's no, it, I, I even talk about this all the time. The locker room is such a special place. Like there's no really division in locker rooms. It, you, Sports teaches you how to come together to achieve something or to find a mutual understanding, uh, you know, towards a common purpose. And and if you're able to do that outside a locker room, you can create some amazing things, uh, not only in, in business, but in society. And I don't know, I, 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 I'm very hopeful that 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 locker room experience can be can be more easily created outside of the locker room. But, you know, I. It, it's it's very hard to do. It's just something special about sports that you know that does that, and and, and even more things like you know if you get injured, you know overcoming adversity, mm-hmm. uh, you know dealing with you know uh, you know a position change or a coaching change or a transfer. There's just so much things that happen in sports that just teaches you about life, and if you can kind of keep the same mindset and keep the same growth mindset. To every other chapter after when sports is done, um, those those are the people that I've seen, you know, do well in life after sports. You know, that's that's kind of you just kind of brought up a an interesting memory. So my sophomore year, we had um, our our coach, uh, you know, got fired, brought in an entire new staff. And, you know, obviously I just spent the first two years learning how we specifically, you know, have our run game scheme, the way that we block, the way we pull, um, everything like that. And then, you know, obviously we have a new offensive line coach come in and completely changed it. And just, you know, in a, in a way that you might understand, we went from like a, a pretty typical zone, uh, you know, blocking scheme into like Georgia Tech style, like fire off the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, really, really low. And it we basically had to like completely relearn everything there was about being an offensive lineman. Right. And now I kind of see how, you know, that might be replicated in business where you go to a new company, um, you know, you have a change of leadership and everything changes just like that, you know, in, in the blink of an eye. And if you haven't played sports, then, you know, maybe that would be a shock to you, but you know, like you kind of just laid out, you kind of been there before. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's, that's a great example. Um, but there's also something special too, whether it's, whether it's a coaching change or just 
just the grind that that sports requires, right? Like the, you know, in in the it was probably a little cooler in West Lafayette, but whether it's but it's probably really cold there at certain times of the year too. So mm-hmm. whether if you're in the extreme heat or in the extreme cold, your body's sore and you didn't get a lot of sleep and your you know your joints are still hurting from the game and you're walking up the stairs funny and you still have to have this consistency to you where you still have to go out and practice every single day. You still have to make workouts. You still have to make all your weights. You still have to get in all the work. You still have to put in the time in the classroom. You still have to, you know, spend all the time in the meetings and it develops this perseverance, you know, perseverance, this, uh, uh, this consistent nature about it. Like you're going to remain steady no matter what else is going on. Yep. Um, which, which I've noticed, you know, outside of sports isn't, uh, isn't a common theme. Like, yeah. you know, people are so easily swayed by what's going on outside of their world and, you know, things that happen to them and how, how quickly that can knock them off track. And that's another thing. That's another amazing thing that sports teaches you is, you know, show up every day and, 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 and grind and grind. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Do you, um, you know, this is a little, little off a little early, but do you look for people with sports backgrounds when you're looking, um, to bring people onto your teams? I, I look at that as a bonus. Um, you know, we're, you know, hopefully one day we're big enough where, you know, that I, we can have a little bit more flexibility in, in that perspective. But, uh, right now we're, we normally saw when we're hiring, we're looking to hire a very specific, um, you know, skill set mm-hmm. and, you know, whether that person has a sports background or uh, male, female, or where they come from or anything else, we're just looking for the best uh, that, can, that can really address this issue. And uh, if they have a sports background, it's a common theme, but that doesn't always happen. Sure. No, that makes sense. Um, so, you know, obviously, you know, you, you played in the NFL, you don't play in the NFL anymore. So that football career had to come to an end. Um, talk a little bit about that transition into the business world. Was it um, was it tough? You know, obviously you, you were, were Jason, the football player for so much of your life. And, and now you're, you know, Jason, the, the businessman or, or however else, you know, you identify, what was that transition like kind of coming into the real world? Yeah. Um, I have a, I have a little bit of a longer answer there. I, I didn't think I would struggle with it. Cause I, I looked at myself not as Jason, the football player or Jason, a, a businessman. It was, you know, Jason, you know, uh, you know, the Christ follower. I found, I found my identity in, in my relationship, in my relationship with God. So I saw a lot of people struggle, uh, college teammates, of mine, pro teammates, of mine, like when they, when they left the game, what that really did to them. And I was like, I never thought that would be me, but I did struggle. I, I'll, mm-hmm. I'll be completely honest. I, when football was over, um, it, it, you know, people start treating you different, you know, you're, you know, you're not, uh, you know, you get you used to get all this preferential treatment wherever you go, things are free or to the front of the line or, yep. uh, you were, you were kind of whatever. And now you're this, this normal civilian <laughs> and that, 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 that messed with me. Um, and I was going through a ton of life changes at the time. And that was, uh, you know, that, that was different, but, you know, I, t- 
talked to a lot of people that transitioned really well and they said, we'll find something that you're passionate about, just like you're passionate about with football and, you know, ex- put that same drive, that same consistency, that same passion, that same work that they into something else now. And that's what we did find with your buds. Um, does that make it easier? No, I, I, I joke around that, you know, I used to think football was hard, but, you know, try a startup, like startups are yeah. always uh, challenging. And, and, and there's with every kind of step you take as a startup, you kind of, you kind of cross certain problems off the list, but you inherit a bunch more. So mm-hmm. um, when you learn how to, you know, build a team and manage a team and fundraise and, all the things that, that come along with, uh, you know, a, a startup is, is definitely fun. It's definitely rewarded, rewarding. And I love it. I love, you know, the trajectory you're on. I love, you know, our, our team. I love, love where we're headed, but it's also, it's not an easy journey. So, you know, that's why it goes back to what we were talking about earlier with, you know, having some of that prep, the football of like learning how to, not only work with others, but overcome adversity and push past cer- certain circumstances that could deter you and to, to keep pushing forward and to keep reaching new heights and keep moving forward. That is, that's kind of the mindset we, that I've taken and that, you know, our team has taken as well. Yeah. You know, I, um, I, I reread the lean startup, um, just a couple weeks ago. And I, I don't know if you've ever read that book, mm-hmm. um, but I, I highly recommend it. And there's, uh, you know, a, a talk, uh, a chapter in there about, pivot or persevere. And, you know, I think it's something that everybody faces when they're start, you know, they have a startup, there, there comes a point where either, you know, you need to persevere through some challenges or pivot to something else. And and I think we can kind of relate it back to, to football where, you know, you're uncomfortable and there's going to be a point where you have to, to push through it or figure out a, a different way to go about it. Um, have you had any of those moments? We'll, we'll get into earbuds a little bit here in a second and, and what it is, but have you kind of had any of those moments in your career where you've been faced with kind of a pivot or, you know, push through kind of moment? Yeah, several. Uh, you know, with football, you know, I, I mostly around earbuds, but with football, I never got I never got injured until I got to the NFL. I, I never got injured in high school too severely. You know, I had you know, I had little aches and pains in my knees and, and ankles, but college, you know, I didn't miss a game until my senior year bowl game. You missed your bowl game senior year? I did. Oh, that's a bummer. What bowl? Uh it was the Champs Sports Bowl. So it was it was just an okay bowl. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, I mean I I I Played four years straight without missing a game, so I was, that was a team that I was pretty proud of. Uh, and then I get to the NFL, and I get hurt almost every year. And you know, the NFL stands for not for long, yep. and yeah, especially it's definitely you don't hang around very long. If uh, there's a sign in every NFL locker room or training room that says availability is the best uh, ability, and if you can't, if you're if you're injured, they don't they don't like to put up with that. So there, it, it, that got really frustrating because there's a lot of things that like, I felt like I was doing everything I could to prepare my body and to prepare, but you just can't control some freak incidents that happen. Sometimes some guy gets thrown into your knee and you, you know, tear something or break something. And I felt like that just kept happening over and over. And that was, you know, it almost felt like, you know, I'd, is this what I'm supposed to be doing? Cause every time I have success, I keep getting hurt. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that was kind of the, the persevere. 
Um, and then with earbuds, we've, we've found several. There's a lot of things we, we've never really fully just pivoted the core business, but there's a lot of strategies like, you know, that we pivoted on. Um, you know, we were, we'll get into what it is and we can talk the details about that, but there's a lot that persevere or uh, pivot that conversation happens on a, on a, on a regular basis within, yeah. within our startup. No, I can imagine. Well, let's, let's dive into what earbuds is. So you started it in 2017, correct? Yes. Okay. So what, um, what did you, what did you start in 2017 and, and where has it evolved to now? Yeah. So, uh, you know, the idea behind earbuds, um, actually I'll just try and tell you the, the origin story. It was, mm-hmm. I used to watch athletes in the locker room on the field before games, getting off the bus and one common theme was everybody had their headphones on. And, you know, I remember the very first time I thought about this, he was watching Cam Newton warm up in his first ever NFL game right after he'd been drafted number one overall. And while I was doing a boring routine lineman, you know, pregame stretch, Cam just was dancing and bobbing and getting his teammates into it and getting his, getting the crowd amped up. And, you know, I was curious what he was listening to, but thought more than, that everyone in the stands and the millions watching at home and there's millions of social media followers you know, there's probably a great number of them that are also curious what he's listening to want to be in his mm-hmm. headphones and that was that was an idea i never got out of my mind and so started started noticing guys post the social what they're listening to and getting good responses seeing bows and beats doing campaigns around guess what i'm listening to uh you turn on any nba game or x games or kind of the final push was the, the 2016 Summer Olympics with Michael Phelps when it was the number one thing trending worldwide on Twitter is what's Phelps listening to. And that was, that was kind of the aha moment of, I realized how big of an opportunity this is and how big of a, um, you know, how big of a market that is. And so what birthed from that was earbuds uh, with, you know, uh, the objective of bringing people together, bringing people together through music. We did that by partnering with the four largest streaming services, Spotify, Apple Music, Pandora, and Amazon Music to allow people to listen to together in real time or on demand. Uh, what's really cool about earbuds is we're completely provider agnostic, which means if I'm listening along with you, Peyton, and you have Spotify and I have Apple, we can still do that. We've built the bridge between all the respective services. And and lastly, we're social. We allow you to chat and interact and collaborate and send songs to each other and even and even talk over your streams. Where people can, you know, uh, you know, be DJ host, whether that's a professional athlete or artist or just listening along with your friends. And so uh, along that journey, we've made a lot of decisions and we've even changed some of those decisions. There's a lot of been a lot of persevere pivot moments, but I really love the trajectory on. We're growing. We just uh, we just uh, opened up a round on Friday, um, our, our next financing round, which we started to close on it actually. And we're about 90% of the way closed on the round, which is, which is really exciting. Yeah. Thank you. Um, so it's, it's been a fun journey so far, but you know, the, the, you know, there's still, there's still a lot of work left to do. Yeah, no, absolutely. So, you know, you, you, you mentioned the social aspect of earbuds. What are some challenges that kind of come as a result of trying to create a new social media platform? Yeah, um, there's a lot. Um, building social, social platforms off the ground is really tough. 
you know, there's a lot of research shared by even some of the ones that did extremely well, the Twitters, the Instagrams, the Facebooks of the world, uh, and what worked for them and what didn't. But you know, what we noticed early on is people wanted to listen along with people they knew or knew of. Um, and it's really hard to onboard someone and their entire network fast enough for them to, you know, want to use the app on a consistent basis. So if they want to listen along with their, uh, you know, their coworkers, their family members, their best friends, their fraternity brothers, you know, we can't just advertise, you know, all over the world and just get random downloads because none of them knew each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's why we kind of started with celebrities and being able to listen along with Patrick Mahomes before the Super Bowl or any of the other uh, about 250 NFL players that we had on the app, like like Gronk, like Baker Mayfield, Ryan Tannehill, several several others, or um, several people from different sports. We've had Stipe on before he won the uh, UFC Heavyweight uh, Championship. We've had Mark McMorris live on, live on the app during the X Games when he that during when he was going down the super, super slope and he won the, the gold medal. Um, and we've had several artists on the board or influencers and creators. And when people came in for them to experience them, then we do, we can kind of connect communities and sub communities and, you know, by syncing their contacts or finding their Facebook friends or wh- wherever that may be. We've had, we've had a lot of success with that. And we have some, some plans right now to even deepen those social graphs where people can find and build communities and support community even more. Um, but sorry, I just started, I just started going there. <laughs> no, all the good. Keep going. Uh, <laughs> it I, was just I, like, you know, what are, you know, obviously, you, you know, you guys have kind of started at the top with the people that everybody else wants to follow and, um, wants to know, but you know, a, as that trickles down, how do you guys plan on getting, you know, is, is it a word of mouth kind of thing? Like how, how would you guys go about like me? spreading the word um t- to my friends because i'm i'm not patrick mahomes i feel like less people would uh, would care about what i'm listening to yeah you, you'd be surprised there's a lot of there's a lot of you know right now we're full into community building that's 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 what we want to support um we've had several influencers and you know verified profiles on the app none of which we paid uh but that's going to change soon and like we're going to enable you know creators whether they're athletes or artists or whoever to be able to allow them to monetize on earbuds if you're an artist and you want to do an album release we're going to let you be able to do that and you can charge tickets or enable tipping or you're if you're uh you know an ex-dj radio host and you want you put some amazing curations together and have the you want to build a, a a radio show on earbuds we'll give you the tools to be able to monetize that or if you're a college athlete if you're sam ellinger and you want to charge people to listen to what you're listening to before the OU game, you can do that. And so we're going to, we're going to really empower creators and, and also empower community. And um, there's, there's several different ways we plan on going about that, but we feel like that will be the next, the trigger, you know, fuel the next stage of our growth. Sure. Do you think um, our NFT is going to play a, play a role in, in anything going forward? I know that that's kind of a, a hot topic in the music um, industry. We've had, um, we've had a couple artists come on and they have talked about, you know, financing albums and songs through NFTs. Is that something that you guys acknowledge as something potentially big going forward? 
I love that. I love that you just asked about that. I am such a outside of earbuds. I am such a huge crypto fan. Um, we're we're playing. We're, we have talked about it immensely, mm-hmm. uh, and we reserve the right to do something in the NFT space. There's not any immediate plans to do that, sure. um, but they're not. That's not saying there won't be soon. Yeah. Would do you think? Um, do you think NFTs are going to play a big role in NIL stuff? Um, for, for college athletes, or do you think that that might lag a little bit? Because obviously like people are going to go get big sponsorships right now, you know, Bojangles and stuff like that. Um, you know, do you see crypto stuff kind of coming about soon? I think it already started to, uh, Trevor Lawrence signed a a, a massive Mm -hmm. deal with Blockfolio, uh, I, I saw, which is now a different company. Uh, FTX or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I've I've seen certain, a lot of athletes are getting into the NFT space. You know, Tom Brady started a company called Autograph. That um, I've seen. You know, even some of our earbuds users, Mahomes and Gronk, launched their own line of NFTs and have a lot of success with that. And that so it probably will enter the the collegiate space. Uh, exactly what that looks like. I don't know. NFTs are super interesting and it's such, it's a, there's such a wide range of them for different, um, Mm -hmm. different applications and different use cases and where, where, especially like an NFT for, you know, a picture of Gronkowski is totally different than the, the NFT application in music. And so, you know, the, how that, how that all plays out is, to be determined. I, I don't, I don't know what that looks like yet. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll find out, but I'm, I'm also growing my interest in crypto. My, uh, my co-host, um, Luke is huge into, uh, into cryptocurrency. That's all he does. He does DeFi stuff all the time. So, um, he'll be, uh, he'll be happy to hear that, you know, somebody else is, is into it as well. I'm way overexposed. <laughs> it, it happens. It's, it's easy to do. Um, you know, let's, let's circle back to a little bit about what you're building at earbuds from a, from a team standpoint. Do you pull any of your previous experience, uh, experience, you know, we talked about the locker room being a special place. Um, you know, are you kind of building your team to, to be a special place like that? Are you pulling any of the experiences that you had, um, through your athletic career into, you know, what you're, what you're building? I, you know, I, I try my best to, uh, I've, I've learned, I've learned a lot, um, uh, around how to build a culture, um, and what makes a good, a good company culture and what makes a bad one. And yeah, I don't think I was very good at it in the beginning. Uh, I kind of treated it like the locker room because the locker room was this kind of safe place, but it was also a place where people could say what you wanted to say. It was a very blunt place. And mm-hmm you were used to being corrected hard by coaches as you, as you as a former athlete know that. And, but I didn't realize a lot of these people haven't been in locker rooms before and I couldn't yep. be like, Hey, this isn't very good. You had to kind of approach things differently. Um, but you know, through actually just making a lot of mistakes, I've learned that, you know, you can still cr- try to create the best of what made a locker room great without, some of the the bluntness or harshness to it as well. And so what I tell our team all the time is, you know, I'm here to support you. And, you know, if, if they, if they failed at their job, then it's my fault because I, I didn't support them enough. So where you need help at, if you're confused on 
you know, what's being asked of you or how to deliver this and uh, what that looks like. That that's, that's my fault. And so I, I'm trying to own, you know, all the responsibility in that and, and, and just give them the tools because, um, you know, they're, we try to treat our, our employees like assets and allow them to build amazing things because they're incredibly smart people and gifted people and doing and doing really great stuff. So um, my job is just just to help support them. Mm-hmm. No, that makes that makes sense. And that's obviously good to hear from a leader because um, I think, you know, in a lot of cases, the leaders are not always the most supportive uh, people, which is which is a shame because, like you said, it you know prevents them from from doing great work. Um, you know, what would be the biggest piece of advice you could give to somebody who's starting their own company right now and is now looking to bring people on and and start to build that team? Uh, what would be you know, or maybe even what would be your advice to your younger self if you could uh, you know have a do over? Oh man, how much time you got? Uh, Plenty. (laughs) No, I I would say generally my number one advice for people that want to build a company is find someone that's done it before successfully in a very similar field and just, because it's not a one, a a one size fits all thing. There's going to be issues that come up on a monthly, weekly, probably even daily basis and have someone in your corner that you can use as a, a reliable resources. Hey, you know, how would you solve this? Or this is, you know, I, I'm, t- I'm, I'm with a really t- I'm stuck between two really tough choices here. Should I go with option A that does this or option B that does this? And having someone in your corner to help you kind of weigh the pros and cons of, or, Hey, you know, vital business decisions. Um, or even there to help you interview. Like, you know, I've never, when starting off at earbuds, I never, I didn't know how to evaluate talent. I wasn't the best interviewer, but, you know, ha- bringing people into there. And so where I could learn, um, or learning how to manage people, or how to manage expectations or how to, you know, uh, game plan and, you know, map out strategy with your team or how to fundraise or how to do all the things that's required. Um, those are all skill sets that, a, you don't have when you start the first company and, and B, you're either going to, you're probably going to learn mostly by just doing it, but you can shortcut a lot of that by start, you know, starting with someone who's done it before and being, being a helpful resource to you. So that, that would be the number one thing I could say is like, find someone that's willing to you know, be a resource for you and, and, and really latch onto them. Do you, uh, do you have a mentor like that? Um, were you, you know, do you have that relationship with, with somebody now? I have several, yes. in multiple different categories in my life. Um, mm. you know, we have earbuds has several advisors. We have one advisor. That's kind of the lead advisor. His name's Drew Larner. Drew Larner started RDO. You, you might not remember RDO, but RDO was, you know, Spotify before Spotify, Spotify kind of outraised them and uh, executed them. They had, you know, 10 million monthly active users in the, in the U.S. at one point, and then Spotify kind of just out, outpaced them. They eventually sold to, to Pandora, but, I mean, he built a, an amazing music streaming service. And so I, I, he has a ton of knowledge in his head that I don't know. And so mm-hmm. I, I lean on him on a daily basis. Um, you know, there's other, you know, I have other mentors in my life, whether it comes to finances or when it comes to, um, you know, just kind of 
life in general or, um, you know, spiritual mentors or, you know, just people in my life that, you know, I can learn from and they can hold me accountable and can push me to doing bigger and better and better things. And so I, I yeah, I, that's something I wish I would have started a long, long, long time ago. Mm-hmm. You know, we, um, we, we had a guest on a few weeks ago, Sarah, she's the founder of Box. Um, which is a, a company based here in Austin, and, and she yeah. brought up a really great point. Yep, she's awesome. Do you know Sarah? I know who she is. I don't. I don't know her personally. Mm-hmm. So yeah, she's very cool. I'd recommend uh, re- reaching out to her at some time and talking to her. She's awesome. Um, but she was talking about how she really feels that mentorship is a two way street, and I think everybody kind of goes and just expects the the mentor to just like pour information onto them, and you know they're just there to to soak it back up. Um, you know, what are some things as, you know, maybe the mentee and, and you can, you know, replicate this with, with your current mentor uh, relationships, you know, what are some things that you can give back to that person that's helping guide you and, and giving you advice? I, I, I agree with, I agree with her comment. Uh, I think it's a little different depending on the person or situation. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think in general, though, you know, people that are experienced, they want to help. Like, if you meet the average, you know, 40, 50, 60 year old, they've acquired this massive amount of knowledge in their head from, from doing it before, you know, just life experience. And I agree if you just go to them with your hand out and say, well, teach me like that might not go that well, but if you build a rapport with them, you know, build a friendship with them, take them out to lunch, you know, uh, uh, show that you actually care more that it's a relationship basis instead of transactional, uh, basis. You know, most of them want to give back. They, they, they have this mass amount of knowledge that they want to share with the world, but, um, you know, I think they're probably just looking for people to take them up on that. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think, um, obviously having that back and forth and figuring that out leads to probably a better relationship with them. Um, then, you know, like you said, just going with your handout, the, uh, the, the last two questions I want to, uh, I want to ask you the, the first one is, is simply, you know, what are, you know, some of the biggest failures that you've had in your business career and, and what lessons did you take away from that? Because I think that that's the one thing that stops most people, at least my age from going out and trying to start a business is we're just afraid to fail. It's scary. So, you know, what's one of those and and what did you take away from it? Um, earbuds is, you know, me being very vulnerable here. Earbuds has failed in a lot more things than we succeeded in. Uh, you know, there's, there were some big activations and big launches, big new features that we thought, oh, this is going to make the difference. We're going to be a, uh, we're going to be the new way people listen to music after this. And so a lot of those, some of them worked really well. Some of them worked, um, you know, incrementally and some didn't work at all. Um, there's, you know, there's, yeah, employees that it, it didn't work out. There was a lot of things that we've tried that just didn't work. Um, and I will promise you one thing. I, I listened one of, one of the podcasts I listened to is how I built this. 
Mm-hmm. Do you Guy listen Raz. to that? Guy Raz, yeah. And I listened to hundreds of those and I've never heard any of them say, well, yeah, I launched this company and then it went really super smoothly. And then about like, you know, six months or a year later we sold and it was just a really smooth sailing the entire time. And mm-hmm. most of them are like, oh, and then I got evicted and then I got sued and then this happened and then my lead investor pulled out and then this happened and then so many bad things happened. And the last five minutes of that hour podcast is like, okay, and then, you know, it kind of worked out. Um, which that's what business is, but even more importantly, that's what life is. Like that is, you know, adversity happening to you. And this goes exactly back to like kind of being prepped through this with a with an athlete background is like failure happens. If you're not failing, you have zero chance of winning. Like there's nobody that's ever like, uh, like if you listen to like Michael Jordan quotes or whatever, he said, you know, how many times he's missed the last, the last, you know, shot. Uh, or, you know, Michael Jordan got cut from his, you know, high school basketball team or something like if you haven't experienced failure, that means you're not trying. And if you're not trying, you're, you can just be mediocre. And I would rather fail than be mediocre because at least, you you know, you can, you can live with trying. You can't live with, you know, giving up. And that's, that's yeah. my take at it at least. So I don't know. The, I, that, that was a little bit of a soapboxy answer, but. I guess my response is uh, I've failed a lot more in my life than I've succeeded. Um, But the couple successes I've had, whether that's in sports or, you know, some uh, things we've done with earbuds is because we've tried. And one more is um, I use, I've read a, I've read several books about Amazon. I used to read their earnings reports and it would talk about all the things that Bezos did at Amazon that failed. He tried mm-hmm. to do, he tried to do phones. He tried to do a lot of things at Amazon that didn't work, but he also tried a lot of things that did work. <laughs> Amazon prime being their biggest one and, and you know, AWS, their, their server infrastructure. So like there's a lot of things that don't, that just don't work out, but that's all right. Shake it off. Take, you know, you, learn from it and apply it to the next one. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. And there are, and, and you don't really hear about the failures sometimes, right? Cause it kind of gets underwrapped and you only hear the successes. So it's really easy for people to kind of like glaze over and be like, Oh, that person's had it so easy. Um, look, they built this and, and that just happened. Like I, I listened to a podcast actually today from masters of scale. Um, and it was, he was talking to Richard Branson and I had no idea how many different Virgin companies failed. Um, you know, us airlines, he had a cola company, but you know, the, the headline that would be stamped over him right now is he went to space. Now you can argue whether or not he went to space or not, you know, I'm not gonna, (laughs) I I won't get into that, but like things like that, like, and you know, would have never known about it just because his achievement at the end clouds and overshadows, um, everything that, you know, has, has fallen short, um, in his career. You know, from a from an investing side, if you're if you're a if you ran a venture fund, most venture funds have a thesis of every single one of our investments need to pay for need to, need to pay back the fund and more. Which means, if only one of my one of the companies I invest in is successful, that needs to be enough. Mm-hmm. And that like describes the situation perfectly. Where whether it's your business, whether that's uh, or it, whether that's a fund or not, or your life or have anything else like a lot of things are going to fail but you need to know that like hey if 
you know, the biz- biggest risk of all is to not, not take any risks. And, yeah. uh, and that's, I don't know, that's, that's just been my experience at least. Yeah, no, we had a we had a guy that runs a, a VC out of Chicago come on and he says that they expect 90% of their investments to to fall short but the 10% 10x the fund and you know bring in some some serious money and he's like we would never get those kind of returns if we didn't, you know, swing for the fence and and try. And that's right. It's it, it's cutthroat but that's just the way it is. That's right. Um my last question, just simply why are you an entrepreneur? It, it kind of goes to, I think I said it already is like, I'd rather fail than not try. Yep. Um, I, I have a lot of different ideas that come in my mind and earbuds was the one I was passionate about it. I, it was, it was something that was just brewing in the back of my mind, my entire playing days. You know, I've done prior to starting the company, I met with several different stakeholders at streaming services and labels and, did a ton of independent research and I found that the opportunity was there and, you know, just wanted to, just wanted to bet on myself that, you know, we could do something really, you know, powerful and transformative in the music community and really change the way people experience music. And I, I would rather, I, you know, I, our goal is, is to deliver that experience to, to the world and, you know, but again, I, I would rather fall short of that than it's safe. Absolutely. Well, Jason, thank you so much for coming on. The last thing I want you to do is plug all your socials. Where can people find you? Where can people learn more about earbuds? Um, you know, let, let the people know. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, my, my personal socials are JasonFox70 on every platform and then earbudsmusic.com and then earbudsmusic on any social platform you can and learn more about the company. There you go. All right. Thank you so much, Jason. Awesome. Thanks for having me, Peyton. All right, guys. If you want to continue this discussion, follow us on our social media. Our Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebooks will all be in the description of this episode. Hop on there, shoot us a DM, hit us up with whatever concerns, questions, comments that you guys have. We'd love to uh, to continue to build that community on there. Next, subscribe to wherever you listen. iTunes, Spotify, Google, Amazon, uh, Overcast, you name it, we got it. We also have a YouTube channel now. So hop over there and subscribe to us. All the clips that we post on social media will be there as well plus uh you know a couple little extra ones for uh, for the real fans out there so we appreciate you guys next please leave a rate and a five-star review it helps us out tremendously because of you guys' support we already cracked the top 150 for business and entrepreneur podcasts and i think that we can crack the top 100 here real soon with your guys' continued support lastly reach out to us if you're a young entrepreneur and you'd like to share your story on the podcast we'd be more than happy to ask you some questions because we know that it's going to be a great learning experience for us 